This is Mike Montero. I'm Erica Hall. This is Larissa Berger. We're broadcasting from Mule Design Studio in beautiful North Beach, San Francisco. This is Voice of Design. Two Darrens. Yeah. So the first Darren mm-hmm. was Dick York. Yeah, I know. He did three seasons. Ah, okay. And then he got replaced by Dick Sargent. What year was that? I don't know. Well, if you know that much. <laughs> <laughs> My memory's going because I'm getting older. Ah, I see. Oh, so you're mocking the elderly now. I'm, mo- it's, I'm mocking myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the issue that we're addressing here. Is I can that do that. People reinforce ageism by saying they're having senior moments mm-hmm. or so that's bad now oh yeah i can't yeah. say i'm having a senior moment well you're just reinforcing these bad stereotypes because so. it's gotten me out of a lot of jams yeah well nobody really buys that anymore anyway they're just saying you, you're not working hard enough to remember Hmm. That's cool. It's like I'm here with Californian Mellow, Statler, and Waldorf. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Voice of Design. I'm Erica Hall, and I'm here with my two dads. Hi, Erica. That just that made it so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that made it so weird. That's, uh, I'm the real dad. I'm the important dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's important. I, I don't want to be anybody's dad. No, I'm here. Nobody's my uncle. Yeah. Cool, uncle. Uh, yeah, so we're joined today in our lovely North Beach bunker mm-hmm. by uh, Mr. Jeff Tidwell, who I've known for a very, very extremely long time since the 20th century. Old. Yes, that's true, Erica. Yeah, you're Thanks a, for having me. A 20th yeah. century friend. And in fact, Mr. Tidwell had the uh, 20th century silver fox. Silver fox. <laughs> Uh, had the uh, unfortunate experience of being nominally my manager <laughs> back when I had one of those. That's right. I could never see your face from behind the monitor, so I, I didn't really know what partner. you were saying. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, this is, uh, no, this those is were already... good times. We all hung out in Erica's office back when people had I offices. And we I had just... a door. Yeah. And we would talk about uh, it was even before social networking. It was back when we were trying to monetize community that's right for children that's right yeah that worked out because we had an online community for people who liked video games which seemed to make sense yeah and that was a lot of fun and we had a really thriving community and then they pivoted so so we had to do everything we got to experience the startup life and a lot of bad startup choices yeah in the 20th century did all the things started with something People were into it. They didn't know how to make money from it. So they pivoted towards a way that was even less likely to make money. Yeah. And they brought me in right when they were pivoting. So everybody hated me from the get-go. I was stealing away this beautiful gaming community you had all created. You're like, I'm here to so you can stop doing the thing you've been working on and start doing something mysterious for children. Yes. And who were the teen idols at the time you were pop girl i recall and oh my god um they were oh. doobop or bebop or something or other they were uh, yeah we had was... little like our avatars had little names yeah 
and, uh, and Jesse made very funny little characters for all of us. Jesse, big shout out to Jesse, who I, I'm still in touch with. He moved to Buffalo. <laughs> he's shuffling for, on. Uh, he yeah. shuffled up to Buffalo. <laughs> hey, Jesse. Jesse, yeah. Jesse, yeah. we talked about Erasure. <laughs> Jesse was also a big fan of Erasure. Yeah. Yeah. So we worked for this startup that yeah. spun out of IDG, the publishing company, to do online community. Right. And then they sold to Warner Brothers or somebody. Nickelodeon. Right? No, Nickelodeon. And we yeah. never saw a dollar. Did no, you? No, because it was no, it was sold for parts. It was like wound <laughs> down. Right. I left. I did, had a couple interviews. I interviewed with Yahoo. Nice. That would have been lucrative, but I was like, no. And then I got on a plane to Europe. Yeah. The last time you ever drove down 101, I think. Was, yeah. That was, was that time. <laughs> no, I even took Caltrain. I remember I took Caltrain down and I walked through a uh, Costco parking lot. Uh, I had to cross like San, what was it? San, San San Lawrence, Lawrence Expressway. I had to cross Lawrence Expressway on foot. There were no sidewalks. (laughs) I went to Yahoo. I ended up interviewing at Yahoo with somebody Mike knew from grad school. But this was before I met Mike. And that was sort of a weird coincidence, but I did not take that job. Yeah. It was, it would have been such a sweet, sweet job working for Yahoo Games, but no. (laughs) Yeah. Just for a little while. I don't think for too long. But anyway, I mean, here we what are. we're talking about is that here we are all these years later. And I was already like much older than you at the time. I thought, and I still, I, I was thinking about this today. It's like, I still see you as 20 years ago, Erica. I do too. I appreciate <laughs> I pre- uh, uh. I would say I appreciate that, but I've been conditioned to say that that's good, right? That it's like, oh, my younger self is what I aspire to travel back in time to be, which is one of the issues. Like, why isn't it cool to be like 20 years later me Yeah. instead of 20 years ago me? You look so young for your age. How about that one? (laughs) That's a good one, right? (laughs) Oh, I know. That's a a compliment because being old is seen as, as really bad. Yep. Uh, I think that'll that'll start changing once the the millennials all find their first gray hair. <laughs> we're, we're coming up on that, uh, and so we're here to talk to Jeff now because Jeff, you're in the business of being old. Yes, that's right. You're a professional that's right. person. It's called the Silver Tsunami. <laughs> Ooh, I think I saw that movie on Market Street once. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to see it more and more and more. It's a new Avengers movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea is that there are so many millions of people who are aging, first from the big rush of baby boomers that are now aging out. So the the last baby boomer is now 55. And Gen Xers are now entering the 50 plus world. And so they're doubly confounded, you know. I mean, some <laughs> how, of did, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, We're it still happened really fast. Cool. Eh, we don't really care. Yeah, that's no. it. That's Gen yeah, X. Exactly. Like, uh, no, I whatever. mean, I think the thing about the aging business is that none of us really see ourselves that way until all of a sudden it, it really bonks you on the head. I mean, I was always the youngest guy in the crowd. I, uh, I just did not see myself as anything except, you know, 
the hip cat who was younger than everybody else. And then suddenly, ba-boom, things started changing a little bit around me. And I, I was surprised by that. What were you like when you were cool? Well, you know, I was about 25 pounds lighter. That's part of it. You're like so, a little slip of a thing, too. <laughs> wow, we can get into sizeism, too. Oh, yeah. Ageism. yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Talk about Lizzo. Oh, this, this whole episode is a hate crime. <laughs> Don't let it get you down. It's yeah. going to happen to you. I mean, oh, how, many, how many years young are you? <laughs> God, I hate that one. Well, oh, yes. God. I, I will have a heroic 60th birthday this summer. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe that. It's I, I know, really cause, great. Because you still, to me, look like you did 20 years ago. I thought only turtles got that old. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and albatrosses and <laughs> parrots. Oh, yeah. No, no you, you really seem like uh, exactly the same. Yeah, it's funny, huh? I can I can see it. You didn't even know him back then. But I, well, I mean, I just the amount of time I've known him, I, I see a giant difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Botox is just fine. It's yeah. like yeah, you come can't on. even tell the difference. Come on in. Yeah. So so yeah. So a lot of people are getting older. Yeah. We don't, especially in America, handle issues of aging well. I mean, because it is actually cool that people are living a long time. It yeah. Means some things are going. Is it right? Well, yeah, in terms of like wanting to, if you enjoy life and want to be around or want right. the people you love to From a selfish, individualistic point of view, sure. But can the planet sustain it? Here, here's a fun thing to know. <laughs> when Social Security was enacted, the average death age was 58. And they were giving it out at 65. So how's that oh. for a deal? <laughs> I mean, that's a good bet. I take yeah. that bet. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And uh, now, you know, it's 75, 85 on up. And so that dough is not going to be very good for you very long. No. And that's what's happening yeah. here. I, that's, I, I'm not counting on it. Are you counting on it? No. No, no, no. I'm no. counting yeah. on it at all. No. So we got to find money. So why are we paying into it? Right. To that's fund. part of the racket. It's the shell game like we were talking about earlier. Government. Government. It's the government yeah. money. It's the government. Yeah. So the the tsunami needs some money, and the thing uh, the thing is, and I think like everything, of course, is a problem of distribution, right? Mm -hmm. Because there is obviously enough money, there's enough stuff, but like yeah, health technology is fantastic. We have more information than ever yeah. before. There are plenty of jobs, yeah, but getting are there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said yes too. Yeah. 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 There's but, a shortage but, of workers right yeah, now. Yeah. There's a bit. There's a big shortage of workers. Talk, right. talk more about that because well, I mean, it's uh, lowest unemployment in decades, three point eight percent. Companies can't get qualified workers, mm -hmm. and yet there's this huge pool of workers who are not considered or aren't being brought into the conversation, who have decades of emotional intelligence wisdom they know how to deal with politics in an office they've made mistakes yeah they've seen things work and not work All right multi-generational teams are much more productive it's been proven over and over and over again so a good mix is good but deep inside of hr and hiring minds is this baked in ageism 
So there's the whole conversation that we could have about why do these people still need to work? Right. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah. I want to make sure that we're not glossing over that completely because that's a giant problem. Some mistakes were made. Sure. Some mistakes were made. But eventually the conversation that we need to have is these people do need to want to work. They need to work. Yeah. And we got to, we, we have to give them a place to work. Yeah. But I just don't want to like gloss over the, no. what the hell happened? There's blame everywhere, but. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, an, another way to look at that is that the concept of retirement is because I think we're dealing, I think we have a set of concepts around things like mm-hmm. age and work and gender roles right. that are tied to still this post-war time in America. Yeah. Right. We all like, I think all of us grew up where there was a sort of a model of life that yeah. was like, you have a house, you have a nuclear family in the house, you have gender roles in the house. And we're still using, even though now there's no reason for that model yeah. of, oh, and you work for the company for 50 years, and we're you, not, you get the gold watch. And we're not post-war. And then you're going yeah, to that too. go to the golf course. Yeah. And and that's that. So yeah. do, do a little cocaine. But but that so so we're still when we talk about things like work and retirement and everything, it's about and let's be honest, white people right yeah. after World War II. Yeah. Right. Well the gig is up and for several reasons. Yeah. There are no pensions anymore. Social security will not sustain anybody. It's poverty level living. Nobody planned. Well, some num- peop- many people did plan, mm-hmm. okay? Okay. And along came things like the financial collapse of 07 to 09. That's wiped the housing out. collapse? Yeah. Okay. But wiped out 401ks, all kinds yeah. of things. At the same time, tuition prices were skyrocketing. Yeah. And so the kids were taking on all this debt. They would have to come home. But we bailed all those people out, right? We bailed yeah. out the banks. Yeah, not the kids uh, coming home from college. And then and then the parents are ailing and you're taking care of them too. All the while, your nest egg that you had carefully saved went away. So here you are facing an uncertain future with not enough money. And even if you are a gung-ho person that's ready for a new career or wants to keep on working, the workplace is not necessarily welcoming to you. Now, at the same time, this group, 50 and up, has 70% of the net worth mm-hmm. in the country and controls 50% of spending. So that sounds rosy, you know, except that half of those people... So the numbers are skewed here, Mm -hmm. have less than $50,000 saved for retirement. And so that's easily wiped out with one little medical hiccup along the way. Yeah. So so it's wealth polarization too. So it's just all of these trends that we've heard about coming together, I think, because we've done a really bad job in America of creating the policies that support people. So there's enough older people who are doing okay that they have a tremendous amount of wealth, yeah. but there's a ton of older people yeah. who, who, don't. Yeah. who don't. So we're here to talk about the AAR purge, <laughs> which will solve this problem. <laughs> yeah. So ask anybody who's 50 who gets that card in the mail 
what they think about AARP. Oh. And suddenly you're going to hear a lot of squeaking and squawking because they don't see themselves in that way, just in the same way that we don't see mm -hmm. ourselves as aging or anything else. And also the whole stigma around that idea of being old or retiring is not who you see yourself as. And and you look in the checkbook and, and you say, OK, that's not going to be me anyway. So yeah. this is just a slap in the face, all for a Denny's discount and, uh, you know, some maybe car insurance or something. So th that has changed. AARP is trying to reinvent themselves. Yeah, they don't use the retired word anymore. No, they want to disrupt aging. Yeah, I've is, seen some of their ads because now they have yeah. a, like a, a sexy gray-haired lady yeah, yeah. going to work in her sexy suit. But the, then R, the R is for Randy now. <laughs> <laughs> Randy people. Mm. That, that's an old term right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the nice part is that the cruise ships will still be able to cater to that audience. Yes, as they collapse. And well, I thought, I thought we were just sending the cruise ships out and sinking. <laughs> that's right. Well, they do that on their own. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. It's, so. it's quirky. And, um, you know, the topic is very embarrassing for most people. They have shame around it. They mm -hmm. feel so, like they've failed because this promise that was so burned into their brain that this is what happens at 65 and you're going to have this money and you're going to be comfortable and it comes creeping up on them and that's not the case at all. And nobody wants to talk about it. And so that's that's what we're addressing is is let's at least talk about it. Let's face the fact that most of us are going to have to keep working well past 65. Who's we? You well, said we well are I'm one of them. You know, I'm of that um, generation too. And but I don't no, see myself stopping anytime soon. That You said that's what we're addressing. Who's? Oh, we is next for me. I'm sorry. I thought that was a I was trying to pull it out. Advance. I was trying to pull it out. Nextformme.com is a resource for people over 50. And it addresses work. We give resources. We host events around the country to have these kind of conversations. Yeah, because old people are terrible at self-promotion, which we've seen <laughs> here. Right. Oh, no, never mind. I'll just sit over here in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, Don't mind no, that's me. what we're doing. So it's How long um, have you been doing this? A year and a half. A year and a half. Cool. Yeah, and um, it seems like it's hit a chord. We're a little ahead of the game, I think. Um, people are just starting to realize mm -hmm. this is an issue. So I think that's good that we're kind of prepared and we know what topics are hitting people and and how to talk about it and that kind of thing, which, you know, part of it is a mindset issue mm -hmm. as much as the system and the society and and what we expected have failed us. We're also getting in our own way a lot of the time. And um, how, to be, how so? Well, you know, I don't want to use that new thing. That's that's hard. What's wrong with uh, Microsoft Word and using their revision software for, you know, thing I've been doing for 20 years? Yeah. And not to name names, we even have the silver haired dude in the White House saying exactly that about yeah. technology. Is that like, silver? <laughs> whatever. Beige taupe. <laughs> Giving our people a bad name is all I know. Well, yeah. I already said it. Yeah, but we have the the leader of the country saying, "Oh, it was better when uh, when things were sim when technology was simpler when, when people were white." So there's forty percent yeah, of the American population yeah. who buys into that, and that's not doing that? us any favors. 
you know, because it's easier to grumble and say that, you know, I, I choose not to keep growing, keep learning, be curious. You know, if you're, if you're watching primetime TV every night or Fox news with somebody telling you how the way the world should be, mm-hmm. why, why change? It's easier to sit there. It's like every issue. Uh, yeah. Everything's terrible. <laughs> but I, I think, I think we are at a great moment to, to talk about this because we are talking about the fact that all of these institutions have failed us and we've put that failure onto the individual. Like yeah. the real estate market failed, banks failed, college failed, healthcare failed. And we've translated that, or at least in society, we've translated that into a message of individual failure right. as opposed to, oh, look who's doing well. It's the people who already had privilege. And so this is a great moment to re-examine like what is society for? It's for taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. and admitting that like it's necessary and right and not a personal failing. It's part of about being human in a community. Right. Is that we have all these resources and we need to really think about how to distribute them better. Okay. Now we're coming for the wealth of the boomers. Yeah. But also helping people take initiative and realize it's not all their fault. Right. If you look at this group of people, they're the people who addressed civil rights, gay rights, human dignity, and personal development, you know, Mm -hmm. and we've been through this before and we know how to organize and we know how to stand up and and fight for what we think is right. So I think that is the next phase of this. Mm-hmm. Right now is the reckoning where it's like, holy shit, there's, there's not enough to sustain us into this next thing. And health insurance is a problem. Even Medicare, believe me, it's, it's a cluster. And so there will be something of a movement that that comes out of this from people who've done that before and know how to do it. Yeah. I've definitely seen them at the marches back. Like when they they have the signs that are like, I can't believe I'm still like marching for this bullshit or whatever. (laughs) Like you can very easily take that energy and put it into uh, anti-ageism. Yeah. It's, it's going to switch because the money is going to be going in another direction. We talked about this a little bit ago. There was legislation against ageism that got swapped around in 09 that said if, if you claim that you've been a victim of ageism in some way, it's up to you to prove it, not the employer. Now, there's bipartisan, both houses legislation that is going to switch that, a lot of support. And so that's going to say that employers are going to have to prove that they did not engage in this. And there was a huge study in um, Politico, I think, where they looked at IBM and how it was so systematic over the last 10 years of people just getting pushed out. And it was pretty obvious what was going on, but nobody could prove it. And so with the obligation being on the employer now, I think we're going to see a lot more activity around um, making sure it doesn't happen in the first place. Well, are we are we talking about just tech here or or Oh no, it's much broader than that. Okay. Tech is especially brutal. Give me some examples of of ageism in the workplace because right. I bet there's a ton of people listening. <laughs> Three people listening right now <laughs> uh, who are probably thinking, "Oh, well, I'm, I don't do that. And right, right. I mean, it's as simple as cultural references. 
the eye rolling when uh, you mentioned that David Bowie moment that changed your life or something. And, and uh, your younger peer is no idea who that is and doesn't know what you're talking about and doesn't care to find out that that's one example. Do you know who Lizzo is? Oh my God. I love Lizzo. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. So go. yeah. See, I'm still as you're still hip th- and thin as ever. You're still yeah. so spry. <laughs> Cause the kids are into Lizzo now. I'm really into Lizzo. Yeah. yeah. So, so what that's else? one what example. Um, uh, okay. You're in an interview. If you get the interview, by the way, oh, um, talk about know, that AI and HR will scan through. What do you mean resumes. AI? Artificial intelligence, I know, Michael. I know, but how are the, what's AI got to do with resumes? Right. So it says it depends on who's programming this AI to begin with. Is it someone who has some age bias to begin with and says, you know, if we see that they graduated from college after 85, reject that. Reject that resume. And so the person who, first of all, is never used to applying through some, you know, 100 different online systems and never hears back from anybody will never hear back from anybody because that's baked into the system already. Mm-hmm. That's one example. You know, I know people that are contractors who prefer it that way, working at a distance because they never have the face to face where it becomes obvious when you walk in the door that that person who's interviewing you, their face changes completely when they see that you are X years old and old and old. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some examples. I mean, in tech, it's just, you know, crazed, you know, it's like, Oh, you don't want to go on the drinking ski trip with us. Mm-hmm. I you do know, not. that is like, <laughs> boy, they are not my, fun at all. That's you my know? Matlock time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Explain Matlock to our listeners. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Matlock was, so there were five gospels at one point. <laughs> it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Matlock. But in the uh, sexual revolution of the 60s, mm-hmm. the Matlock gospel was thrown out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when Dick York came in for three seasons. Right, look it up. To, to, yeah, come on, uh, it's out it there. Use yeah. your internet, people, come yeah. on. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think one of the one of the bad slash good things that's happening right now when we are reexamining absolutely every part of society is the people who've been founding a lot of these companies that are problematic, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's been the case that it's been like young founders with insufficient guidance and insufficient experience who suddenly find themselves in charge of really consequential decisions about platforms. Well, you have to be old enough that you've read a second book (laughs) beyond Atlas Shrugged. (laughs) It takes a while to finish that one because it's it's written like a piece of shit. So, so so there there are younger people. So there are older investors who see their younger selves, right? This kind of bias is like, uh, is pretty well known. They give money to people who they, who remind them of themselves at a younger age or of their daughter. Um, you know, as as we can see with Theranos, right, was a yeah. great example of oh god a bunch of yeah. older people being swayed by the promise of of youth and and Henry just, Kissinger getting moist eyed 
looking at Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> so Holmes. And they have no mentors. So, you know, there's nobody yeah. in there that's saying, you know, there's a, there's an easier way for you to handle this than being a jerk. You can sort of listen to other people. Mm-hmm. You can find your way to not make everything political. And that sometimes requires people who have more experience. And so you bring them bring them in that way. One of our advisors is a guy named Chip Conley, who had a hotel business, sold Mm -hmm. it in 09, was kind of looking around what to do in the world. And the young CEOs of um, Airbnb said, would you like to come in here and mentor us and teach us how to be a hospitality company? And and that's one of the rare examples, I mm-hmm. think. You know, for Chip, it turned out to be he learned more than than they learned maybe from the whole thing. But at least they had the open mind to say, we don't know yeah. everything and, and we could use that sort of management yeah. support. Because I think we, we still have this kind of lone entrepreneur, lone design right. genius mindset, but yeah. all of us can think of like teachers we had growing up or mentors or people like family members or something who really helped us and supported us and uh, allowed us to, you know, achieve our potential. But then there's this, I think, myth. And it's it's another one of those myths that that's a barrier. So if you ask for, if you're like a young entrepreneur or designer and you, you have a lot of like decisions you're in charge of, like looking to older people would make you seem like, oh, you're not forward looking, you're not future looking, but yeah. you've got to understand the past right. in it's, order to. It's like only hanging out with people who have your point of view, you yeah. know, it's boring and and you don't grow in those scenarios. Intergenerational collaboration is not a bad idea. Don't just both hang out ways. with people. That goes Absolutely. both ways. Yeah. yeah. No, I get tons of stuff from you know, I have some formal mentoring arrangements with yeah. people. I love them, you know. I mean, if we, if we if we learn anything from the last few years is that diversity in the workplace is necessary. Yeah. And, I mean, you mentioned earlier when we were chatting before we started recording that the last ism that mm-hmm. we're beginning to deal with is ageism. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a, a, a conference. Yes. Uh, and this was the... F- do you remember which one? This, well, I, uh, Tech a f- Inclusion was an interesting one that I, I spoke at a couple of years ago. And the one coming up is the forum in Minneapolis that deals with diversity and inclusion. The weird thing there, after 16 years, this is the first year that they will discuss age as a factor in diversity and inclusion. Just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I, I think there is a... It's kind of invisible. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think people are sort of like ashamed of it because we're taught that, you know, old people should like be quiet and bake cookies or go off and play golf or something like that, as opposed to being part of a really interesting multi-generational group of people like doing interesting work together. I mean, we're living in a time where we're separated from different generations and we're not exposed, you know, in classic big families. It was like grandma was living in the house and the kids were running around and everybody was, you know, interacting with people in different generations. And even in the workplace up until not so long ago, I think this this really started being a, a different thing. You know, we're close to it because we see it in tech, but... 
you know, there's there's a lot of value in having multi-generational people working together. And Encore.org is a really great organization that does Mm -hmm. a lot of work in this area of bringing people into nonprofits, for example, have decades of experience with something and they're paid a small amount of money and they they add a lot of value to these Mm -hmm. situations. And so they they do a lot of that coordination and work around it. And we're not talking about like bringing in like a token old person to be the grown up, right? Because this is a scenario that I've heard about. Right. Like, oh, let's bring Cheryl in. She'll take care of Mark. Right, right, right. Like the mom or the dad. We're talking about a multi-generational workplace where people are actually working. Yeah, together. Together. Yeah. Coding, designing, engineering, whatever. Right. It's going to take a while, I think, before this really shakes out. Well, it better hurry because I'm getting old. I know. (laughs) Yes. And you got some more to give? I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got a lot of, well, yeah, I do. Cause you know, when I, you know, when I think back on my, myself in my twenties and thirties yeah. and forties a bit, the stupid things that I would do at that age that I thought were brilliant and the amount of times, like I felt like somebody's hand on my shoulder mm-hmm. saying, son, let me tell you what happens if you light that bottle rocket and stick it there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it is not just, um, as I said, like, it's not just like parenting or restricting or putting on guardrails. Uh-uh. It also is problem solving, right? It's yeah. having access to different ideas and different perspectives and, and being able to draw on more of a, a history to make things that last and are sustainable. Cause I think that's also what we're up against is there's just so much short term thinking. And I think that comes from a lack of, of memory, right? It's like, right. oh, our memory only goes back. You 10 see patterns years or so. after a while. Yeah. You're like, oh, I did, you know, it's like, I don't know. You know, there's a million mm-hmm. examples of it, but I have been here before. I know mm-hmm. how to act in this scenario. Let me help you out, brother. <laughs> yeah. Just show yeah. you. This could be a little easier for you. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're going to have to figure it out yourself a few times yeah. here, but I can really help ease the way for you a little bit here. And, and it can be an exchange. Yeah. And I think a lot right. of it comes down to communication skills. Yeah. Because um, I even have friends who I've heard like, were interviewing for jobs. And these aren't even people who you would consider like older. They're just senior people. Yeah. And they're going into workplaces full of young people and having a communication disconnect because the whole idea of like, how do you talk about your expertise in a way that isn't just like, shut up and listen to me? Yeah. And how do you like ask questions and and balance yourself so it's not so that you're like, hey, I have a lot to offer to this organization and I'm here to listen and learn myself, even though I'm a more senior person, even though it's somebody like in their forties. Yeah. And I think that's where it breaks down is communication skills. Like we're also just learning that those are essential, like design and business skills, right. which is something again, people figure out um yeah, again and again and again. And people just don't have ways of talking to each other to kind of unlock those conversations. Yeah. Um, Another one of our advisors, Claire Martirana, works out of the White House to help modernize the Veterans Administration and their online tools and that sort of thing. And she's got the healthiest attitude I've seen of, 
I will sit and learn any new tool you bring to me. I might have to sit by your side. I might have to Google the hell out of it, but I, I'm open to learning it. And I think that is a big, important thing to note here. You have to be open to ongoing learning and, mm-hmm. and it works both ways. And, you know, there's a lot I get from a digital native, even though I've been online forever, that I don't have in my DNA and and I can I can learn from them just as easily if everybody's kind of got the open mind and is curious enough and is willing to try it. So th- these are things that we're going to have to get better at. And and institutionally, we're going to have to bake these things into our companies. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if there's a problem with ageism is because it's happening at the top. HR mm-hmm. thinks that it's OK. You can get a Facebook ad that says, I only want men that are, you know, 20 to 35. And oops, they they stopped that recently. But yeah, um, oh. yeah not for long. We'll see. Yeah. It's just framing. I think we're, we're starting to get to a place where it's not about magic individuals. It really is about a team. And uh-huh. people have been saying that and giving lip service to right. it for such a long time. But now I think we're coming to a place where it's like, no, it is, there isn't just like one magic person who has the idea. You really do, in order to deal with these complex situations that we're in, that we're dealing with because of technology, yeah. it's about the dynamic. It's about the group together. It's like what Google was doing with Project Aristotle and psychological safety and seeing that, you know, teams who who were really open to each other's humanity and fallibility performed better as teams. And I think we're starting to see research like that. So it isn't like just assembling like all your cool individuals, like the Avengers. It's saying that people together are able to accomplish more because it's a team. Yeah. If, if you at least try, you know, everybody won't make the cut, you know, and for (laughs) all kinds of reasons, but you know, this doesn't have to be one of them. Or let it work itself out. Yeah, because it's like, why you? Know, why does somebody with no experience, why does that person have more potential as opposed to somebody who has like slightly different experience? Yeah. With the same sort of curiosity. Culture fit. Uh, mm-hmm. Culture fit. Culture fit. Yeah. The ugliest phrase in the world. The, yeah. most, the, the most sexist, racist phrase in the world. Because it defines one culture. Yeah. 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 We want to work with people who look like us. We want to work with people who like the same things that we do. We want to work with people who want to go on the drinking ski trip right. with us. Well, I think this is also connected to the idea of the the boundaries between your work life and your social life. Yeah. yeah. Which we've seen erode. And <laughs> like you walk into any of these technology companies here in the Bay Area. And you see, it's not just like, oh, we have a, a few snacks or we have a nice gym, but it's like there is a complete program for your lifestyle as opposed to you go in, you work together, that's great. And then you go off and you can have a, a drinking ski trip or you can sit down for some tea or you can do yoga or whatever. And then people can do those things with a select group of coworkers or friends they don't even work with. But now there's this expectation that like you have all your meals with these, like people are eating their lunches together at the cafeteria. It's the hijacking of community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's it's horrible because we're, we're training people during like their first jobs, like right out of school. Like they've come from, 
this giant community with a campus mm-hmm. and I'm hanging out here with all, you know, my, my right. first big community outside my parents' house. And then my first job, oh, that's also at a campus. And, you know, now I'm, I'm, I, I'm with all of these people and we hang out all day and we work all night and we go to, we, we, we go on trips and these are the people, these are my community and you're, and you're, you have allegiance to the people in your community, mm-hmm. you look after each other. You cover each other's butts. You 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 fight for your community against other people. Because leaving the bubble means that you're not safe anymore. Right. So what we need to look at there is if people are seeing their place of employment as their community, it's at the expense of what? Right. At the expense of the place where they live. Mm-hmm. At the expense of their neighborhood, right. at the expense of, you know, the world that's not part of that corporate environment. And personal growth. You're, yeah. you're stunted in, yeah. and living in this little safe So who cocoon. cares if teachers can't afford to live in the city anymore? Right. There aren't any teachers at work. That's right. Those yeah. are the people I care about yeah. is the people at work. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's a, one of the most striking examples of the corporate identity taking over the community identity is a couple of years ago, we went to the San Francisco Pride Parade for the first time in years, uh-huh. right? Because there was like somebody who just moved to the city or from out of town. It was like, I want to go to Pride. And we're like, okay, well, we'll go out there. And everyone was marching with their corporation. Right? Right. And on the one hand, so you'd see like, <laughs> oh, here's the Apple group. Here's the LinkedIn group here. It wasn't like you were seeing like this community organization, that performing arts organization, this like fetish organization. It was, it was your corporate. Yeah. And on the one hand, you're like, well, that's cool that people are totally out in their places of employment and they're celebrated by their places of employment. So you're like, okay, there was a lot of progress there. That's cool. That's cool. But then it's like, is that your primary identity is like, it is, it absolutely queer person who works at Apple as opposed to like a queer person who happens to work at Apple, but is also involved in like other community things. Right. Yeah, that's weird. I haven't even thought about that. It was so, like, it had been a few years. I've seen this, yeah. And it was, because we were there, and I'm like, oh, let's see the Pride Parade. And it felt like it was a Pride Parade for Super Bowl ads more than, like, a community event. So your identity is tied in with the company. And then you get people marching with you. And, yeah, it's so much conflict because you can't say that it's bad that people are, like, out and that their organizations are donating money. Right. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, it's like, is that really your primary identity? Right. Especially when people are only working at these places for a well, couple years. Well, it is. It is because they haven't had any time to build an identity anywhere else. Their identity got hijacked by the corporation that hired them. You hear of groups at Google called the Greglers, uh, for that- example. And guys named Greg. <laughs> now that would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> the Greg All of a sudden it's cool. And it's kind of the same thing. It is you are identifying with this group, but you are identifying it with this group under this corporate umbrella. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know anything about it. I'm happy they have that. I think it's great and it probably serves some people well. And if but- you're if you're the parade organizers and you've got like a float from Google, LinkedIn, Apple, Uber, Lyft, and I assume that there's money behind those. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden, like like, you know, Rudy's drag queen brunch <laughs> buffet right. wants to put a, f- a float in the parade, like 
Yeah, where do they fit in? Well, yeah, where do yeah. they go? Oh, that's another whole world I could go on and on but I mean, and that on is, about. Uh, <laughs> but this this city historically has been made up of odd little groups of people who who built community, who ad hoc built communities yeah. around either places they lived or how they identified or stuff that they were interested in. But all of this stuff grew weirdly and badly and organically and wonderfully. Yeah. I mean, uh, the neighborhoods are probably losing age diversity. You guys know more than I do about this. Oh, but, yeah. you know, if there's another whole batch of gazillionaires coming in and buying a flat for $2 million, that means somebody's somebody's not going to be living in that neighborhood. Right. And so it gets more homogenized and it's yeah. people like me. And that's boring. You know, just like a workplace of only people like you is boring. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why North Beach is a, a great neighborhood because we have uh, so many old no, timers. Like, no, it is a horrible neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> no, it's not. Horrible. Why? Do not come here. Oh, right. Well, like Ferlinghetti just not, turned 100, right? I know it. He still not lives come here. here. He still lives here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's some crusty old Marxists in this neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Don't come here. It's full of old people. Um, please <laughs> not stay the away. kind we like. Not the kind we like. Please. They're not our kind of yeah, old people. Please stay. Uh-huh. You want to stay away? Like, <laughs> go to the mission. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. But and I think so. I think what's apparent is all of these issues are connected. It's not just yeah. like oh, we have to be like let's be nice to grandma. It's right. not that. No. It's that a healthy society has incentives in the right place, takes care of like the members of the society, has a like there's time for work and then there are things that are not work that are really important. Because we were, you know, you talk about retirement. We were we were sort of promised that automation would reduce the amount people are working. Yeah. But what we're finding is that people are just like working infinity for like no good reason. Right. Because right. I think if there were people could also job share more and work fewer hours. Like I, I feel like really 25 productive hours is probably the maximum. Yeah. So nobody's doing that. Yeah. People, no. people aren't doing that. And because there's this, uh, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's like, why is there this pressure to, to work so much, yeah. even though you look at some of the things people are working on and it's like, really, are you killing yourself for like yet another meal kit company? Really? Yeah. Why? Wow. And sitting at a desk looking at the internet is not working. Yeah. So let me uh, let me weigh in on that uh, one right now. <laughs> but some of the positive trends are things like remote work is yeah. really good because you don't have to go to a place and you know you can you can like work in your home and so for people right. if somebody is less mobile if somebody is having health problems there are some real opportunities there and so the, the yeah. sort of fitness tests for like getting a good job as far as like you know, health and right. all, all that stuff. Well, we're just right? learning how to give parents time with their children as they're raising them. Uh, and so, you know, we're starting to see some movement around, I'm caregiving for my mom who had a stroke. Mm-hmm. I need to be in the office less, you know, yeah. and and it's far from there by any stretch. But if, if you're transitioning into the next part of your career and, and maybe you're not wanting to work 40 hours a week, companies have got to get better at at making that work for people. Yeah. It, it also goes back to this whole culture thing because I yeah. recently did a workshop for a, an organization that's a, 
a software company primarily based in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. but that also has a New York office. So half the people in the workshop were here, half the people were in New York. And what they said was like, oh, the people in New York, even though they're the business is mostly on West Coast time, they still feel pressure. They feel social pressure to like show up and work these really, really long days. Wow. And there's still, so I think we have to let go. We have to let go of the idea that you always have to look busy because I yeah. think people are doing so much extra work just to look busy because mm-hmm. so much of our work is kind of invisible. So what if it were cool to just only work during the times you are productive and everybody sort of accepted that and said working less and getting more done is actually awesome, but there's still pressure to look busy. The greatest gift computers ever gave us is that jerking around and working look exactly the same. That's right. Yeah. Exactly the same. Hey, uh, there's another reason why uh, we don't hire old people, which we need to address. They're expensive. They break their hips a lot. Yeah. Young people don't go to the doctor mm-hmm. except to get their, you know, anti-anxiety yeah. meds and shit. But I mean, but y'all, you, the truth is they show up to work more. Right. Yeah. But, but <laughs> when, I mean, we, we have stuff happen to us. Right. But uh, health coverage is health coverage. Whether you're no, 85 actually, or 40. No, 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 it's different. No. Uh, if, if, if you come in and I mean, the more you start using it, the more expensive it gets for the company. Oh, Oh. Right? I mean, we... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do so I yeah, the premiums yeah. go up. Yeah, premiums uh, go up. God. Like a lot. So if we hire a bunch of 25-year-olds right. here and they never go to the doctor, yeah. our insurance company loves that shit. Well, right. and you can offer, in terms of the plans you offer, you can just offer a less good plan because yeah, people right. don't go to the doctor. But if you're if it's somebody who's older, somebody with a family, yeah. somebody dependent, somebody like that... You have to. Oh, and they start adding spouses and kids. Yeah. Yeah. Insurance companies hate that crap. It almost makes you think there should be healthcare for everybody. And not connected to the place where you work. What? Yeah. That sounds like it might actually be good for business. Right. It is seriously good for business. I mean, I want to offer the people who work for us the best healthcare that we can offer them. And we sure. we always have. And we reasons. always have. And, and it it's is expensive. So expensive. Yeah. Oh, it's expensive. Oh, yeah. Because we've always covered like full health care for people and it was a really, really good plan and yeah. like with no contribution from them. Because it's like, and that's a lot of money. Communists, you guys. Uh, yeah. right. and, I mean, one of, one of the things to do, that we need to do to solve this problem and other problems is to separate insurance from employment. Yes. Completely. Yes. Yeah. Just like money from politics. <laughs> yep. You know, it's All like, these... why are we arguing about these things that, where the root cause is money? It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty true. You, I mean, you start talking about any of this shit and within 40 minutes, you're down to like, oh, capitalism. Right. Fuck well, that yeah. shit. <laughs> it's, it's true though. And I think... It it is because we're again we're in this like false dichotomy like uh, capitalism and socialism, but you look at the rest of the world and like mixed systems where you take care of people work super well. Like you look at the Scandinavian countries and it's like you know we could have 
a lot more socialism and still have plenty of capitalism to go around. Yeah, people aren't paying $300 for a bandage, you know. Yeah, and people are free to be more entrepreneurial because they they don't have to work at places to get health insurance and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. So everything's everything's really really connected and the the incentives are are really broken. Uh so, and and you get more ethical work out of people because Yeah. they're not afraid of getting fired and losing their health insurance. Right. Yeah. So it benefits everybody except for bad actors. It's almost as if the people in charge of defining this shit are benefiting from how fucked up things are. (sighs) Could they be their bad? Yeah. Welcome to the Marxist hour. (laughs) And yet the people who are the most to benefit from these sort of systems are fighting them. ACA has been <sighs> shot down now. Oh, I think we gosh. can all say goodbye to that. And oh, uh, even on the other sides, they're just saying, you know, we don't really want to commit to that oh, single payer thing all the way because we might not I'm, I'm, become electable again. You know? Yeah, I'm just, I'm hoping that, that Gavin uh, sticks to his word, man. Hoping. Yeah, and which is... Well, he he knows so Gavin Newsom to get on the, the California tip. Healthcare and housing right. are his big priorities. Like he knows what's wrong with California, and so the only hope we have is that we bring power across to the West Coast. Now it's time to come over here, right? Because we're more <laughs> forward looking and we have like we have money and stuff, and and just start treating California like its own country and get like and start pushing healthcare here and stuff like that. I'm tired of my yeah. vote counting as one fifth of a vote. Right, yeah. right. So, uh, so, so, Jeff, like, what, Woo. what would you bring, bring, bring it back it around? Back Let's here. bring it all oh, back right. around. Oh. Not <laughs> anyway, this shit ain't gonna get fixed before we die, buddy. Oh yeah, right. Let's look at the planet's on fire better, anyway. You know, I um, mean, what are we gonna do? Just have sixty million people who are living in poverty. As they age, I think something's got to shake down a little quicker yeah. because that's what we're facing right now. So you're working on both sides of this issue. Like, what would you say to people who are like in organizations with the power to hire, who are trying to do things to improve diversity? Because we know a lot of people who are sort of working on diversity in general. Like, what would you say to people working inside companies yeah. in well, terms of like helping and making the situation better? Put and- at least as much energy into it as you are for other groups that have been pushed aside at least that much. And, and you'll begin to see people shaking their heads and coming to the reality that this is actually something that is a problem because people don't see it as a problem. It's not part of the mix right now. And, And there's a reason for that. You know, uh, the reason diversity and inclusion started working for people of color, women, LGBT and beyond is because it became expensive Mm -hmm. and it became a problem for them. When this becomes an expensive problem for them, they're going to look at it in a different way. And, hey, the upside is going to be we're going to have a more diverse workforce with more intergenerational collaboration happening and those teams are better. So everybody's going to win out of this, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, we, I think we start at the top highest level of organizations and then penetrate in through HR. Blockchain. 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 Exactly. That's how everybody's responsible. (laughs) 
Oh, check wow. that journal. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, I think that's really some good uh, good things to think about because I, I think especially for anybody younger, like working on these issues now is only going to be in your own personal interests. Listen, uh, the millennials get trashed all the time. In the events we've held, we we try to mix in plenty of millennials. And I love them. They want mentors. They feel like that's the path to them mm-hmm. succeeding. They don't know how to get them. Yeah. They're f- afraid of the future and the economy that they're being left with. And they say, you know, we've got to work. We've got to save. And we need to learn from other people. So yeah. let, shout out to all those youngsters i i think they're great and and bring them all on in well thank you thank you for letting me speak today i uh made my way all the way up here to north beach yeah how long does it take you on that walker yeah well you know clankety clank 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 you got any tennis balls (laughs) such an asshole see he's the problem Right? <laughs> we've, we've identified it's all this self-hate and things like that that we're we're seeing in people like you that we're trying to fight against and i think we're oh. i think there's a path out oh that's a whole oh. other episode yeah well thank you so much thank you for having me nextforme.com nextforme.com go uh go check it out talk about having you if you need to know things about old people um you can uh, get in touch with jeff and he can help you out with that yeah, or older people. I'm sorry, older people, because yeah, because yeah. nobody, no matter how. What do you old, mean by old? Anyway, yeah. okay, we could go on again. We could go on forever. So thank you so much. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about my book. Oh my god, that's an, uh, okay. Here we go nice with the episode. book. Yeah, no, that's a whole. We're not going to. We're not going to do a doubleheader. Uh, thank you so much for listening here on the Voice of Design. Please tell your friends. Yeah. Rate us on all the popular podcast platforms. Share it. Share it. Yes, and you can find us on Twitter at VOD underscore rocks. That's V-O-D underscore R-O-C-K-S. Get in touch with us there and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This little dog is scratching up my leg. God bless him. (laughs) (laughs) That means he wants the little dog gone. No, no, I like the little dog. No, that's fine. It's like if I didn't hang around with people that had dogs, I would have a less interesting life. 